Hey everybody, this is Ernie Johnson, and welcome to EJ's Game Plan. It's your guide to working in sports media. In this episode, Ernie Johnson Jr. interviews the crew from inside the NBA. All right, welcome to um, what promises to be a very special installment of EJ's Journalism School. This is uh, unlike the other ones that we've had, and we've had probably 10 of these things. This is not live, so we will not be taking live questions from you and answering them, but we have assembled this all-star cast uh, as we kind of delve into more behind-the-scenes jobs this week at the Journalism School. So. Um, you're going to see represented here a wide variety of, of jobs all in play on a night when we're uh, uh, putting inside the NBA on the air. Um, so let me begin. We'll just introduce everyone. I'll have you introduce yourself kind of like college football style. You can, uh, you can say your name, the school where you went, and what your job is, and, um, and then we will uh, commence with some Q&A. Uh, Anthony, you, you want to start? Anthony White. I've uh, been in the business 25 years, Clark Atlanta University. I am a camera guy, producer, 12 years as a reporter. And now I'm a part inside the NBA family for 17 years. Very good. Annie? Ann Ludson-Kirken, the Winthrop University. <laughs> I played soccer there. <laughs> Wanted to go to school for broadcast journalism from Atlanta. Got a job at Turner Sports. I've been part of the Inside the NBA team now for seven years, and I'm a social media producer. Donzel. Uh, Donzel Floyd. I went to Xavier University of Louisiana. I've been at Turner Sports since 2007. And I have been a part of Inside the NBA and our NBA productions uh, since I've been here. And what is your job? I'm, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, I'm an associate producer, yeah, with uh, Inside AD. the NBA. All right. All right. Uh, Taria. Hello. I am Taria Williams, a graduate of Clark Atlanta University. Um, I have been a part of this crazy loving family for going on 11 years, <laughs> and I am a senior director of PR. Michael Winslow. Hi, Michael Winslow, proud alum of the number one broadcast school in the country, the SI Newhouse Public School of Communication at Syracuse University, class of 1988, Big East champion runner, been in the business 30 plus years, have been on both sides of the microphone, have pretty much done everything there is to do in TV. Currently, I am an EVS operator for Inside the NBA. And uh, you're right, that is a top five journalism program. Top one, um, Ernie, I think you didn't hear me correctly. It's, 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 <laughs> it's top five, it's, it's top five and you know, but Daryl, go ahead. Uh, hey, Daryl Bernardo, uh, Georgia State University. Um, been with Turner f since 1997, um, and uh, you know, love this. Love being you know part of the the crew. I'm a highlight supervising producer, and uh, 
Good to be here. And I think that wraps it up. Oh, no, there's Alex Hooverus. Hey, Alex. Hello. Uh, my name's Alex Hooverus. Uh, I uh, grew up in South Florida. I went to the University of Florida. Go Gators. And uh, I've been with uh, Turner since uh, 2001. And I am a senior broadcast designer. If you see when you're watching inside the NBA all of the uh, – the crazy uh, paint box stuff with uh, various people's heads on various people's bodies, et cetera, et cetera. Gone fishing. Those are uh, come from the uh, genius that is uh, the artiste, uh, Alex Hoover's. Um, okay, guys, as we, as we um, start talking to these journalism students and we, we think about uh, where you want right now, who is sitting right now in 2020? exactly where they thought they would be when they were in school. Show me your hand if this is exactly where you thought you would be in 2020. DB? Yeah. Taria? Okay. <laughs> A couple. Because, because for me, look, I, I never thought in 2020 I'd be sitting here 30 years at the desk uh, at, on Turner. I, my point being, look, a lot of times you can, you can think well, this is what I want to do, and this is what. But you don't know where that road is going to take you. Um, let's just kind of go into putting yourself in the position of the students sitting right now and listening to this. Um, tell me how the road unfurled for you, Anthony, from Clark to to Turner and the stops in between. Ooh. <laughs> Well, for a lot of people that don't know, I started out as, as a security guard in a TV station in Washington, D.C. And um, my, my dream was to be sitting in Ernie's seat uh, to become a reporter. I just knew I was going to be the next steward scout on ESPN. And I had all these dreams to become a, a sideline reporter. And uh, when I started out in school, uh, pretty much my junior college in 90, 1991, uh, the actual college didn't really have any uh, communication classes. They maybe had two. So I kind of lucked up and got into a TV station that was next door, but they didn't have any internships. All they had was a, um, a uh, security guard position where I would watch people bring the equipment in and out at night. And it was one night a week, every Thursday. And um, so I was like, yes, I'll take it. Cause I was just doing anything I could to get into the world of television. And the funny part about it is when the guys used to bring the camera equipment back at night and I would check them into the door, I had no clue as to what that stuff was. No clue at all. And then you hear this <laughs> 25 years later, you know, I'm on every major uh, network. I mean, think about it. We have the number one sports talk show in the world. Um, and most, and most of the time what I try to explain to students, because I'm the alumni president over at Clark Atlanta University of the Mass Comm Department, so, you know, week after week, I always try to explain to students, get in. I, mean, I don't care if you want to be a reporter, a camera person, get in there and try to learn a little bit of everything because just get in the door. Because my thing to them is, would you rather be sitting in a bank, you know, would you rather walk into a bank and cash checks, you know, in production? Or whether you, would you rather be sitting there and cashing people checks that work in production? That's what I always tell them. So 
No, I love that. I love that, Ant, because, because, you know, we've always kind of told people, look, when you get a chance to get your foot in the door, but I've, I've never heard that story. I didn't, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, get your foot in the door. Maybe you're, uh, they're letting you, you know, log a highlight here and there, and you're part of that operation. I had not heard the security guard story, you know, mm -hmm. and watching uh, the equipment go by, and <laughs> which turned out to be the, the equipment that would be the tools of, of your trade. Um, yep. uh, Annie, you know, you're on our, you're, you're one of the social, on our social team, which for a long time didn't even exist. So, I mean, what were, what were your biggest hopes when, when you were in school for what kind of a job you wanted to get in this field? Yeah, I knew I wanted to go into TV and I was lucky enough to have an internship going into my senior year of college at the Letterman Show. So I got to see a ton of TV in the talk show world quickly realized New York wasn't for me, came back to school. Luckily, my parents live in Atlanta, moved, to, moved back with my parents after school. Kids, I recommend you do that, save some money. Lived with them for a year. I became a runner with CBS Sports, and my very, very first national TV job was the Masters. I was a runner at the Masters, had no idea. They asked me to pack khaki pants and polos, and I rocked those khaki pants and polos. <laughs> Four weeks, <laughs> living in Augusta, Georgia for four weeks as a runner. So I was picking up trash. I painted stairs. I drove their big executive producer around in his car around um, Augusta, met Vern Lundquist, who's so deep in my heart. Yes, sir. And CBS and Turner, I didn't realize at the time, but we're a big happy family. So by working with CBS as a runner, I got to meet people at um, Turner, worked the March Madness tournament, got to meet Greg, that was the first time I met you, Ernie. And then I luckily got a job as a PA at Turner Sports. Um, Rodney Triplett, who was my boss then, quizzed me about sports. I failed the NASCAR section, didn't get that job. <laughs> <laughs> then a like, couple months later, I was still at CSS, working the teleprompter. I got to produce some of their college football shows. I just, whatever they had open, I would step up and learn. And then Rodney called me back again and quizzed me about baseball and basketball, got the job. So I became a PA, worked with Donzel, worked with DB, Mike, Alex, all you guys, um, and was a PA on the road during the heyday of the Warriors. So I went to the Warriors one of my favorites was uh, we covered the Eastern Conference Finals of Warriors Thunder when it went seven games. Mm -hmm. it, that, that's something I'll always remember being in those arenas. And then when I saw social media was starting to grow, I took a risk. I actually sat down with TK for about an hour one day when I got offered the social media job and asked him, what should I do? Is this the right career path? And he was like, Annie, do you think you can be more creative there. I was like, I think I can. Um, doesn't matter, pay cut, whatever. I took the job and now I'm getting to work with you guys on Inside the NBA in a whole new avenue, getting to be creative and stay involved with you guys. And then also learning what social media is because I, I think I'm the youngest in the panel and I'm not that young, but social media wasn't a career path in college when I was in college. And now there's majors and minors and all that in social media. So when you ask Ernie, if I raised my hand thinking I would be here, no, not at all. You know what I love too, Annie is, um, 
when you talk about the the value of internships and um, and I mean I before I got into TV my I had an internship at a you know at a country radio station while I was still in school at the University of Georgia I mean I spent a summer in Rome Georgia living in a trailer and and um, reading the news spinning country records um, you know I would I would do like the Labor Day the Labor Day extravaganza at the Union 76 station, standing out there in the hot sun, you know, handing out, you know, Q105 bumper stickers and stuff like that. But you never forget the experience that you got when you did those. I mean, you talk about painting stairs at Augusta National. I'm sure you ate more pimento cheese sandwiches than you ever cared to see again in your life when you were down there. But when you're in that environment, I'm talking to you students out there, when you're, when you're in that environment and you are learning from these guys and maybe you're driving Lance Barrow, the director, you know, or the producer of golf at, at uh, CBS, maybe you're driving him around from here. To, and, and I, and I heard something great the other day from Steve Levy when he was on, when we had Steve Levy on the other day and he said, here's my advice. If you're an intern, if you are entry level, your answer to everything is yes, I will. Mm-hmm. You know, That's hey, true. will you get me a cup of coffee? Yes, I will. Will you make me a hundred copies of this? Yes, I will. Not, come on, I didn't study four years to do this. It's like, yes, I will. Because only that, you know, you do that and you prove yourself invaluable to an organization as the person who will always do it. Then you'll be amazed at how, at how these doors open up and how these opportunities come about because you have the work ethic and you have the, you have the, that yes, I will mentality that says, yeah, let's put him, let's put her on that, you know, and, and you never, and you never know where that's going to lead you. Um, let's just keep on going. Cause I, cause I think these stories are, are so valuable and I'm shoot, I'm learning stories I hadn't heard before either. So Don Zell, you're up. Man. Um, yeah. So I think pretty much I did pretty much what everyone else did. I just, figured out a way to get where I wanted to get. So I went to school at uh, Xavier in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I actually was in my junior year when Hurricane Katrina uh, hit the city. And so I graduated in August of 2006. Uh, We were a couple of months behind, but while I was at Xavier, I was able to intern at uh, Fox 8 News, which was literally connected to our campus. So I was able to intern with them. Um, and I think one of the funny thing, listening to Annie, one of the coolest things that I did get to do with my internship that I will never forget was I was able to attend the Laker Hornets game, which was the first game back in the city after the storm. And so I remember when I was actually at the game um, helping out the reporter, um, he basically went to one locker room and I went to the other one. And because the Hornets were back in the city, he went to New Orleans. So I got to go to the Laker locker room. And I just remember uh, the funniest thing. I was sitting there and we were all huddled around Kobe Bryant. The reporters were doing their job and they were just talking and asking him questions. And I, being the snot-nosed kid that I am, but the fan first blurted out something to the effect of, you know, so is there anybody that think, that you think can guard you in the NBA? And he looked at me with like this dead straight face and he was like, no, there's no one in the NBA that can guard me. And that was one of the things that I literally 
never forgot because like he didn't smirk he didn't look down on me as like what is what is this kid doing in here asking me questions he literally just answered the question and that was kind of what fueled like okay this is where i want to be this is what i want to do uh fast sort of, forward sort of that sound bite did that sound bite wind up on channel eight it did, yeah. <laughs> it, and it, it actually made the uh, Times Ticayune as well, which I thought was pretty cool because, again, I, you know, it was literally just me butting in, you know, throwing out a question, getting caught up in the moment. But yeah, I, you know what? I remember, I remember that day, Donzel, because that was the because the day after that game was the day nobody could find a copy of the Times Picayune because you bought them all. <laughs> I, I, I may or may not have put that clip in my uh, in my clips as I was shopping around no for jobs. But the other part of that, I do remember when I actually did get to Atlanta, um, I didn't have a job. So, like, I think the, the one thing you mentioned, Ernie, about just being ready to do any and everything, I came to Atlanta – without a job. And I actually started at uh, Clark Atlanta University because they were one of the uh, schools that would allow uh, students who had already graduated to come in and I would literally yank stuff off of their board. Like led me to a digital newspaper job, which allowed me to get a interview with Turner Sports who weren't in the digital newspaper job uh at all it was broadcast and so the reason i actually one of the big reasons i got the job was because we had a writing assignment as part of our interview and tim kiley who is uh one of the uh, producers here at turner he gave me a writing assignment and so he was like you know write anything you want as long or as short and i end up writing the story about my experience going through this interview process but I turned everybody into women. <laughs> and so uh, if you know anything about Tim Kiley, which, you know, the students don't, but everyone here knows Tim Kiley. They know he loves things that are different. And that was the one thing that he honed in on and he gave me an opportunity. And yep. I got here and the rest is history. Michael Winslow and, and Daryl Bernardo were kind of on a, on a, on a game night. You guys are, are, you know, pretty much in lockstep. I mean, you're you're working on the highlight uh, uh, production end of things, DB, and Michael's making sure they they get on the air. But how how did you both how did you both wind up here where you're working kind of side by side on a given night, DB? Where did it uh, where did it begin for you? Uh, well, mine was uh, Georgia State University. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, all I wanted to do was be in sports some way coaching, whatever. Um, counselor actually said, you know, why don't you go, there's TV, there's newspaper. And so I basically, uh, freshman year, I started, um, I went to news, uh, the local, you know, the Georgia State newspaper and said, hey, I want to do write sports for you. I went to the radio, WRAS 88.5 back in the day and said, hey, can I do a sports, you know, thing once an hour you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they were so, like, so let me, let me interrupt for a second. Yeah. So this is, so this is you going to them with that idea. It's not you responding to it. Hey, look, we're looking for somebody to do a minute here or a minute there. It was like, you're, you were taking the initiative at that point and saying, I got these outlets, media outlets here in, while I'm in school. 
here's what I want to do. What do yeah, you think? I mean, I literally went to the newspaper, the editor guy, you know, he's a student too, a senior. And I was like, hey, can I cover the sports, you know, teams there? And really all we had was basketball back then and volleyball, but uh, we didn't have football yet. Um, and he was like, of course, yes. You know, and I said, okay, uh, you know, and I, I started going to games and I just write up, you know, about the game. And then, you know, same thing. I, I went to the, you know, uh, manager of the radio station, a senior, you know, they're all students and said, hey, can I uh, do a sports thing? I, I, you know, I'm down at school Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Can I do it those days? Sure, come on in. And that was it. And, you know, uh, that's where I got started. You know, that's how it started. Then, of course, you do internships. Uh, I did local, you know, Channel 5 here in Atlanta. Um, that was probably one of the greatest things. I wore weekends. And uh, uh, the producer would say, okay, hey, you're going down to Georgia Tech and uh, UNC are playing. Dean Smith. Back then it was Jerry Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace were on the team. I'm sitting there, thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I'm sitting there in press row, second, you know, second row of this game mid-court watching and I'm just like are you kidding me then I go in the locker room sitting there with a microphone with Dean Smith sitting there and you know interviewing just with all the other reporters I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world well Daryl here's the deal because it is at that time and and because when we all have that moment when we kind of sit here and say can you believe you're at this game for free the game that everybody in the world really would would give their left arm to be at and and you've got the best seat in the house and you're watching those are then those are great days back then you, you know oh, yeah. you're watching tech in north carolina and and just to be in that environment and you know to have that kind of a, a an opportunity where in atlanta on a sports filled weekend where the sports guys are going to get five or six minutes you know it's not going to be like a normal night where they're giving them two minutes and say get out and so yeah you're you're right there in the element i i have to interject when i was when I was at Georgia and I was working on the radio at, uh, at Q105 radio, um, I would go to the Georgia games when Vince Dooley was the head coach, you know, and so I'd, I'd watch the games and, and then I'd go in and do post game. And that one day I was so determined, I said, I'm going to be the first guy to answer, ask a question in Vince Dooley's post game press conference. I, 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 here was Herman Bisher, this great writer. You know, here were all the uh, the Atlanta TV stations was set up, but I said, but I was determined I'm going to get the first question off. And Georgia had been beaten by Kentucky, 33 to nothing that day. It's like Derek Ramsey teams of Kentucky. So Georgia was having a down year, but I was determined I was going to get that first question off. And as Vince Dooley said, "All right, I'm open open to the questions," and I stood up and I said, "Coach, so what do you think the turning point was in this game?" <laughs> And, and Vince shakes his head and says, well, in a 33 nothing game, I don't know if there really is a uh, turning point, but thank you for asking. And I was just, you know, it's like I put my little Radio Shack tape recorder away and I just kind of slinked out the door. And I said, I hope nobody, I hope nobody was rolling on that. Because these days, if, I, if, you, if you ask a question like that, it'd be all over the internet and people would be playing it forever. But anyway, those are the things that, those are the things that happen. But you get in that element and you get your opportunity and man, it's, 
Uh, it's exactly why you're there. It's exactly why you said, this is exactly why I wanted to do this, because I'm sitting mid-court for, for Georgia Tech, North Carolina. Michael Winslow, what's up? Hey, yeah, my, uh, I always say my, uh, my career started when I started being a runner, and running has opened up basically everything that I have today. I always knew growing up in a big family where my I had five brothers and we played sports 24 seven and we all love sports. And I always knew that I was going to find a job in sports. Uh, and if I could do that, then I know I would, I would not have really to work my entire life because I just loved sports that much. And I ended up being a, a pretty good high school runner. So I had a bunch of scholarship opportunities and so I got to visit a lot of good schools and I knew I wanted to work in TV, uh, but my first love was Syracuse. It was like five hours away. Uh, I knew they had one of the great journalism schools. So I started up there at Syracuse and it was uh, pretty intimidating. Uh, that first freshman class I had at Newhouse and you, you, you look around and, and I look at uh, around today and I think about sitting next to Mike Tirico and Todd Callis and a bunch of people who were pretty big heavyweights now and actually they were, they were in your class yeah yeah as a wow. matter of fact yeah they were in all wow. of my classes and that's what I was up against I felt like I was really running another race except this one was probably the most important race in my life because you know everybody wanted to get to that finish line which was getting a career but my senior year I ended up getting a internship at Syracuse um, at the uh, local NBC station WSTM, where I would I was with the sports the um, sports anchor Roger Springfield and uh, the weekend guy uh, Steve Schnarr, and I would write their entire um, broadcast. I would cut all of their highlights. I would do basically everything for them, except but anchor it. <laughs> wow! So it was yeah. it was a great experience. So when I graduated. I got a call from ESPN. I ended up going to Bristol um, for the interview with a guy named Bob Polito. And it, it, the interview was going okay, but I was one in a million. And so he started asking me about my background. And I told him, you know, I was a runner and that uh, I had run in the Big East Championships. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, we have that on tape right here. What year was it? And I was like, well, this would have been 1988. So he goes to the tape library and strings up the, the race. And so we're watching it. And he's actually, we're sitting there, we're watching me compete. And wow, the race wasn't going great for me, but I came back at the end. And he was like, wow, you showed a lot of fight there. Would, would you be able to show that fight here? And I was like, well, Absolutely. He's Come like, on, I shake his hand. He gives me the job right then and there. I start the next uh, day, $5 an hour in the tape library. <laughs> and I ended up working my way up into the technical field after eight years. I actually did TK's first sports center as his tape operator. Wow. Uh, his very first wow. one. <laughs> so that's how I met TK. Um, and then I was working NFL primetime, which was, you know, uh, ESPN's premier show on the weekends. And Lenny Daniels was directing that show. Peter Fredlin was TDing that show. All of and these TK guys now Turner. Yeah. 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 So those guys all went to Turner and I was still at ESPN. And 
in the fall of 96, they recruited me to come down and be a part of Inside the NBA. So I had to make a decision. Do I leave the comforts of ESPN or do I come down and freelance? But I'll tell you, you know, I remember they gave me 48 hours to think about it because it was literally two weeks before the season, the basketball season started. If I'm going to make this move, I guess now is the time. And if, if I don't bet on myself, nobody's going to bet on yourself. Over a quarter century later, working on inside the NBA, still going as long as they have me. When we had Scott Van Pelt on the other day, he talked about that same thing. And he, and he talked about Fred Van Vliet, who was undrafted, you know, and became a member of that Toronto NBA championship team. And, and he had used those words Van Vliet had at one point about, look, I, I know a lot of folks weren't betting on me, but I was going to bet on myself. And Scott Van Pelt's advice has always been, he said, look, if you want this bad enough and you believe you can do it, you bet on yourself and then you double down. So, Taria, you're up. Um, okay. So, I always wanted to be in PR, not sports like some of you. So, when you asked, did you think you'd be sitting here? In PR, yes, in some capacity, but definitely not in sports. Um, I attended Clark Atlanta University, and I got my first experience on that same job board, Donzel, from the Weather Channel. So I knew I wanted to be in television, but behind the scenes. So it was an opportunity to be a PR intern at the Weather Channel. And I did that sophomore to senior year. So I got to pick up the phone and call reporters and ask them to write about Storm Stories, the first reality show on the Weather Channel. I got to um, talk about tornadoes and hurricanes and tsunamis and all of that. And it was just so exhilarating because I was promoting something that people were going to watch. I just always wanted to be able to pull the strings behind the scenes. Um, but after that, I ended up in technology PR. And Ernie, it was the type of position where you had to say, yes, ma'am, because it was doing PR for cable companies, rural cable companies that, you know, serviced small country towns. And it was the most boring thing ever. But I knew if I had more PR experience, I would be a viable candidate for some yes, opportunity. Um, so I did that. I wrote white papers. I wrote case studies, just like all of this boring stuff. But it was PR, so it was exciting. And then I uh, moved to San Francisco right when Twitter launched and started working on all the cool, sexy, fun things um, that that city had to offer for a tech PR firm. And that's when it started turning around. I started learning about social and, and all the cool things that everyone is into now. Um, and when I got on at Turner, they didn't want me for my sports experience, which was minimal at best. Like, you know, I had done some stuff for some athletes on the side and things like that, but it was for my digital and technology experience. We were getting ready to launch all these apps, League Pass, March Madness, and they didn't have anybody that could speak that PR language. So that was how I got on at Turner. And from there, I started working with the talent and doing PR for our live events and, and everything. So my story is a roundabout way of how I got back into television, but through technology. Yeah, but and you went from, um, you were in the midst of like, why wow, I've really chosen this mundane PR career. I'm doing some really boring stuff. And, and then all of a sudden you're cutting edge and suddenly yeah. you're right on the leading edge and 
and and had positioned yourself to to be there. That's awesome, Alex. Yeah. Uh, you Florida Gator. Um, thank you for your patience. So tell me how you tell me uh, what your background is. I, I know you and I have talked a lot, and and how your <laughs> your dad would kind of look at your career and kind of like so really you're doing this uh but what exactly are you doing so so tell the tell the <laughs> students out there how this all happened well i had absolutely no intention of being tv at all growing up i had honestly i had no idea what i wanted to be when i grew up um like mike i have four brothers so sports was just kind of you know part of your day you, you went to school you came home from practice, I, I played soccer and basketball a little bit. Um, played sports with my brothers, you know, all day, all night. And that was kind of what bonded me and my brothers a lot of ways. But I had no intention uh, or desire to be in television or production. Uh, I ended up going to University of Florida and I got probably the most useless degree next to a philosophy degree, uh, you know, an art degree. So um, it wasn't like there was going to be a lot of jobs waiting uh, when I graduated. So um, between after school, I did a bunch of different stuff. I, I was a valet. Uh, I worked on a ranch out in Arizona for a year. Um, I ended up working for Fred Couples for a year, helping design golf courses. I mean, I did a lot of different weird things. Um, and I happened to be downtown one night. And uh, again, growing up in, this, in a small community with four brothers, you know, a lot of different people, I ran into one of my brother's ex-girlfriends downtown and she said, didn't you study art? I said, yeah. And um, she said, we've got this new computer where you can actually draw on the computer. You should come by and take a look at this thing. So I went by the station, which was the local ABC station in West Palm where I grew up. And uh, I'm this computer's got this pad and a pen that you can interact with the computer and you can draw like you would normally instead of using a mouse, which made it so much easier. And I'm drawing on this thing and showing her, you know, things I could do and I was doing in school. And this guy walked by the doorway, came back, walked in. He said, Hey, you can draw. I said, yeah, I studied art at school. And he said, you want a job? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> So uh, I took a weekend job doing graphic design for a lo the local uh, newscast. And if, maybe a month or two later, they had a, they said, uh, hey, we've got uh, more of a full-time job opening up if you want to do like camera and rip scripts and, you know, do all the, P you know, the production assistant stuff. And so like you have said, and like Steve Levy said, I said, yeah, sure, I'll take it. So I ended up doing graphics and camera and I was building sets and I was, you know, I did practically every job there was in the, uh, in the news station. Uh, I did that for a year and I moved to Atlanta to take a similar job uh, here in Atlanta. And uh, about uh, 2001, I got a phone call from an old boss uh, in my job in West Palm. Uh, and that's why I tell everybody like when they bring kids through my room, I always say, this is a job about networking too and about keeping those connections that you have at old jobs and, you know, and, and being social and making sure that you do keep in touch with people uh, because it's a small business. And in a lot of ways, uh, those connections that you make 
10 years ago in West Palm end up paying benefits for you down the line in Atlanta. So uh, anyway, I ended up getting a call from this old boss. She had been working at Turner and said they needed somebody to fill in on uh, their NBA nights, which was when we were doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, like you had talked about. So uh, they needed somebody to fill in. I came in uh, and I found out that there was only about two or three hours of actual work in the, an eight hour night. And uh, I have got one of the like textbook cases of ADD. I cannot just sit there and not do things. So with all that downtime, I started doing uh, a lot of like little sketches and goofy uh, you know, drawings that I used to do in college when I would design party flyers and things like that for, for people. And um, one night, uh, somebody over the intercom said to me, hey, uh, leave that up. And it was Lenny Daniels, who was the director at the time, who's now the head of Turner Sports. And uh, what had happened was they could see my monitor and they could see me messing around back there. And I was just making these pictures to kind of amuse Mike and I and all, everybody backstage. And uh, Tim Kiley, who was the producer at the time, <laughs> who has touched so many of our careers, really kind of made it what it is for us, saw what I was doing. And he has got a similar sense of humor as myself. And he said, leave it up. We're going to use it on air. And I'm like, on air. Oh, okay. So he makes it there. And then a week later, I'm, I'm doing something else. And he says, leave that up. We're going to use it on air. So he uses that on air. And then he started coming to me and saying, hey, I got an idea for this. And if you can think of anything for this, come up with something for it. So it ended up just kind of becoming a position, um, which, again, I had no designs on doing sports or even knew that there was something like this available. It just ended up, it was just luck and serendipity that I ended up doing what I'm doing, which now is kind of like real time meme generation, I guess. I just listen to you guys and come up with, um, you know, something meme or something, you know, a funny picture to kind of accompany what you guys are talking about. Well, you know, with, with Charles and Shaq and Kenny, um, certainly they're, there is a lot of fodder there that is provided for you to do what you <laughs> treasure do, trove, do, what you you do best. Yes, exactly. And so let's go around the table one more time. Let's say that you, Anthony, are addressing one member of this class who has said, you know, this, this camera thing is kind of what I want to do. I want to be able to shoot, you know, live games. I want to be, you know, I want to be courtside. I want to do this. I'd also like to be in that studio setting. So, your best advice to somebody sitting in that chair right now who says, I want to do what Anthony White's doing. Find you a mentor. Find you a mentor in this business that's in the business. I watched people ahead of me and I still watch. I'm constantly learning, um, you know, even though I've been in this business a long time. And, and, and the main thing I tell a lot of you <clears throat> guys is like, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Because a lot of times mm -hmm. when someone, you know, is trying to give you advice, um, you might not want to hear it because you feel like you're there, but I always tell folks, your time is going to come. Um, don't, don't sell yourself if you're not ready. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that a lot of, uh, I'll say camera guys and Mike can probably talk from, you know, tape guys, uh, people feel like they, oh, because I did this at my church. Or, oh, I did this at my, you know, I shot my, my, my mother's wedding that they're camera guys and they're qualified <laughs> to do this. 
And it's like, no, because you, I could track a car at 200 miles an hour and keep it in focus. And years ago, I couldn't do that. I couldn't follow a baseball. You know, things like that I had to learn. I started out as a utility then. You know, a lot of the camera guys took me under their wings and then they started showing me. So then I was in that space where, okay, well, I'll get a gig as a utility, but I want to be a camera guy. And then I had to kind of leave the utility thing alone. And then my camera, you know, job started opening up more and more and more. So just just make sure you you get you a mentor in this business and um, and don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, everybody know I'll help anybody you know, that comes my way. And, and Ernie, I've heard you say this before too. I always tell people, well, I'm not afraid to show people what I do because if you can take my job, you good at it. <laughs> so. Well, but here's, you know, what I, what really stands out about that too, about, about uh, observing those who have done this longer than you have. And, you know, just listen, keep your mouth shut. But it's also be that kind of person that they want to mentor. You know, have that kind of an attitude that, that, that you want to be a sponge, that you want to learn, that these guys are saying, you know, I want to share that with him because I think he's got a future in this business or she has a future in this business and she wants to, she wants to learn from it. It's not like, you know, this guy's always trying to finish my sentences for me. You know, I'm trying to help him out. And he's like, oh, wait, I already know that. No, you just, you just sit and you listen and, and you pay attention and, and you just gather all that in. Uh, Ernie, you know who that yeah. person was at Turner, for me at least, was Ann. Ann came in as you know a PA. She didn't you know she didn't know anything about what we were doing at Turner, but she was willing to learn any job you asked her to do. She contributed to anything uh, you know like you know we would be doing creative stuff, trying to come up with ideas for stuff for the show. And even though she was a PA, she came up with great ideas. She wasn't afraid to contribute. And, uh, but, but, you know, she, she's a great example of somebody who learned, you know, from the floor up, took every job that you asked her to take and then took chances on herself, bet on herself. And now she's, you know, one of our best social producers. And yeah. I mean, a, a great example of exactly what you're talking about. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> But it's true, is it? Is it not, Annie? I mean, you have to have that. You have to have that. Uh, that spirit of um, look. I all I all I want to do is learn this business, and I'm not going to act like I'm not going to blow any smoke at you and say, "Oh, you already know that." Teach me. Yeah, and I, I was going to answer your question earlier, Ernie. Too, like my biggest advice to somebody who wants to be a social producer. Um, we're all producers. It doesn't matter what your title is, we're all producing the show. But my biggest advice would be, don't be afraid to share whatever ideas in your head, because it could be the most God awful idea, but there could be one little word or nugget in there that turns into this idea that maybe Alex or Tree or DB hear it. And then it becomes this idea. Like the, when we made Kenny's party into the Firefest documentary, like that oh. idea, that idea sparked oh. from something that was. Just <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. God, well, any, that was the funniest thing on earth. Anytime we can poke a little bit at Kenny, it's always oh, fun. No, that, I don't care who the object of it was. It was just so remarkably well done. If, if people, it's got to be out there, YouTube or Google somewhere. 
Kenny Smith Fire Festival. You will howl. Okay, now back to now back to Annie. But that idea came from we were all just sitting in a room talking about this trend that was on Twitter, and then we brought it to Alex, and he added this amazing line, and then Tree had a line, and then TK played the iconic character in it, and it was it. That's one of the. Um, moments of my career that I'll always remember because we get, we came to you during a production meeting, EJ, and you were all for it and you added ideas. Like it just became this little nugget that turned into <laughs> this whole chicken pot pie. Like yeah. it just became this big thing. And, and is it, yeah, and is, is that not, and I'm sorry to interrupt Annie, but is that not guys, and I'm talking to everybody here, is that not one of the things about working at Turner? that has been uh, the most gratifying thing. If you've got an idea and you bring it up in a production meeting, it weighs as much as if it comes from you as it does from the, uh, the president of the company coming down and suggesting something. Everybody's, you know, sure, it might get shot down and we've all had them shot down, but man, they're all listened to. And it's, yeah. never, and it's never a question of a, a producer saying, hey, look, uh, don't you see my, you know, my uh, title? I'm the producer. If if we're going to do this, it's going to come from me. No, it's like, if you've got a good idea, I don't care what your position is, you're part of the team. And that's why, like when the show wins Emmys, we all do. Everybody, everybody is, you know, has got a hand on that trophy. And, and it's, and that, and that is a special thing to be able to say about a place where, about a broadcast entity where you work, where everybody's in that same boat. You know, and if we sink one night, okay, all right. But if we're, but if we're sailing, you know, the high seas, man, we, we all feel that we're the, the equal parts of that that whole operation. Don't be afraid to throw your idea out because it, it will, you will have ideas that aren't great, but you'll learn from them, and that's what working with Alex. Like, you just gave me a big compliment, but you, I want you're huge in my career because. Any idea I threw at you, sometimes you'd be like, eh, but we would work on it together. Um, so that's why I'm really blessed to work at this company because it's we're all not competing against each other to try to climb that ladder. We're all like taking steps at the same time to get to that. Um, so just throw your ideas out there. Donzel, what are you telling me next would be Donzel? Just don't be afraid to work. I think the one thing that people sometimes get like a, they understand what we do, but they don't really think about like sports are nights and weekends. So if you're going to work in sports, you're working nights and weekends and holidays. Holidays too. Weekends and Mm -hmm. holidays. So Yes. When you're, you know, if you again, holidays are great and it's a great time to spend with family. But again, when you're spending time with family, you're usually watching a sport. And like everyone here has said, don't be afraid to just do anything. I worked for mm-hmm. free for about three months when I first got to Atlanta because I needed experience uh, mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to get. So I worked for free and then I worked at like, a government job and then I got a job my first job at Turner was actually in the integration room running the ticker and it was from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. so I had my government job from 
nine to five. And then on Thursdays, I would do the ticker job from six to two. And I was on cloud nine because I was like, you're actually going to pay me to watch these two games that I'm already going to watch anyway for free, but you're going to pay me to put information on the screen. And, you know, I was loving it. I think that would be my one thing, like I say, for a person that's coming out of college, you're young, you're energetic, you got your life in front of you, but don't be afraid to work and don't be afraid to just put yourself out there. Be that, yeah. be that guy or be that woman when they say, hey, we need somebody to uh, be that person. DB. Yeah, I mean, uh, all these stories are me in a nutshell. I think we're all in the same boat. Um, my number one thing is get your foot in the door. Um, you know, once you're in, uh, like Ernie's saying, take any job. You know, I, I was a logger. I used to run. Um, you know, then it would network out where CBS or ABC would come to town for a football game, college football. You know, I pulled cable on the sideline for the cameraman, you know, huffing up and up and down the sideline. <laughs> yes. Again, but I'm on the sideline of the football game, so I'm thinking this is the greatest thing ever, you know. Um, you know, but I always tell young kids, I work with them all the time in feeds, uh, cutting highlights. I'm like, get your foot in the door. Take any job you can. Network out. Um, you know, when I first started at Turner, I was a logger. When Turner, a position, a full-time position opened up, the only full-time position was the sports library. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply for it because I just want to be in sports and television. And I got the job. I was the sports librarian for two years. But I also worked at nighttime on the Inside NBA show, you know, and, and worked with Mike in the tape room. And then when another position opened up, a PA position, I applied for that. And that's what you do. You just keep taking, put your foot in the door and at least you're working. And the thing that, that matters the most there, DB, is that whatever that is, whatever that job is that, you're, that you've gotten your foot in the door for, you excel at that job. You, I mean, and because that is how the person in the next department says, man, that guy works. I never, I mean, that guy is here all the time. And boy, he's, you know, I went to the library the other day looking for a piece of tape from 1983. And man, that thing is organized like crazy. I went right to it and found it. I, in fact, I found Michael Winslow running the 800 for Syracuse, you know? And so it's like, it's like whatever that job is going to be, you excel at that job mm -hmm. because you never know how that's going to impact somebody who's just walking by who says, I need a body to do this. We'll take this guy, man, he's great. And so, and so you'll be amazed at the ripple effect of you excel at one job, which leads to another, which leads to another. And, and then you're right there. And you got to put in, you know, put in the hard work. They're going to be long hours. It might be a second job you have to take, but I mean, we've all been through it. I think everyone up here has done it. Everyone starts off low man on the totem pole and you work your way up. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think everyone here knows that, you know, I tell students, don't worry about the money. The money is going to come. Get the experience. 
I mean, from everyone's story, everybody pretty much worked. I worked in the government for eight years before I got into television. And I walked away from a government job and just threw myself into the business. I mean, everyone's financial situation is different, but I think at times students concentrate on the money instead of learning their craft. When you learn your craft, the money is going to come. I mean, I started it out like everyone, not many dime. And then when I was a cable puller making $45 a game, and I was standing at the 50-yard line behind my camera guy, and, and this actually happened to me. I had an aha moment where the stadium was 80,000 people screaming, and I'm at the coin toss, and I'm just looking around the stadium like, wow, I can't <laughs> believe that I'm here. You know, and I'm still in awe, you know, times that I, you know, certain games, I've been a part of a lot of sports history that people don't know, but I'm still in awe sometimes when it's Ohio State and it's 110,000 people and that energy being in the stadium, it's nothing like it. I mean, and people, you know, guys on here could tell you that, you know, but learn your craft. Once you learn your craft, you know, you'll have a very successful career. Michael Winslow, you're a straight shooter. That was great stuff, by the way, Ann. I yeah, it was. Uh, my, Michael, my, you're a straight shooter. Straight shoot at somebody who's, who's fixing yeah, to get out of college. I would say if you're getting out of college and this is what you want to do, um, I, I would say go after it. And I mean really get after it. Don't let anybody tell you no. One person tells you no. Another person might tell you yes. Do not get discouraged. But go in with open eyes because, like Donzel said, you know, it is nights, weekends, and holidays. It will wreck your personal life. You have yeah. to figure out, <laughs> is this what you want to do for a living, and is that the most important thing? I've seen a lot of marriages fail in this business. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot of relationships go down the tubes. It has the trappings of a lot of bad things, but it's also very rewarding. But go in with the open eyes. Don't let anyone tell you no. You know, it's funny because at Turner, I'm probably one of the oldest goats there, especially for what I do. And these young operators around me look at me like I was born on third base. Oh, I'm doing inside the NBA. I'm doing Super Bowls. I'm doing Final Fours. I'm doing the Olympics. They think I was just born doing that. And I was like, you guys have no idea. Yeah. I said, I can't tell you how many hotels infested with bugs that I stayed in covering bull riding, covering bowling, covering <laughs> women's softball, you know, doing college baseball triple headers. Like, they have no idea the sports that we did, that, that the road that we climbed to get where we're at. And you just mm – -hmm. what I always tell people is work your butt off. You never know who's watching. And it's kind of like the Michael Jordan thing on why he wouldn't sit out a game. He's like, this might be this one kid's chance to see me play. So go out there and work because you never know. Somebody might see you and say, man, I'd really love to have that guy beside me. And that's how it works. You do a great job. It's, it's a very small business. So word of mouth goes by really fast. So if you're good at what you do, people move up. And that producer who's producing the bull, the bull riding, he might be doing baseball and say, you know what, Mike did a great job for me there. I'm going to bring him up and give him a shot. And that's how it works. Like exactly. Alex said, the relationships that you build 
are the relationships that will carry you along the way, just like it did for me with Lenny Daniels and Tim Kiley. And if you make a great impression, and how do you make a great impression? You're positive, you work hard. Yes, I can. Just like you said, Ernie, you ask me, yes, uh, me first, I'll do it. You need me to go pick up trash, I'll go do it. You need me to go run extra copies, I'll do it. And that kind of attitude will get you really far in this business. That, you know what? You made me wish I was back in college right now and about to graduate. I'm ready to bust out the door, man, and get into the workforce. That's, that's awesome. No, that, I'm telling you, that's, that's tremendous advice. Be patient. Like, we live in a society now where everything is so immediate. You, you're not going to get a job as soon as you hit send on your resume or as soon as you, you know, tell someone you want it. You have to, like everyone is saying, work hard for it. So be patient as the road may not be the way that you want it to go. You may have to go a roundabout way to get back to your dream or your goal. But be patient, be consistent, and be curious. In my role, I have to know about all of you all's jobs so I can talk to the media about it. So I have to be curious about what you do. So that's my tip. I love that. And that's, you know what? That's for a lot of, for a lot of people out there, get out of school and it's like, man, I just, I've applied at eight different places and I'm, I'm not getting any nibbles. Be patient. It's a subjective business. You're going to have yeah. some people who say, well, we're not hiring or somebody says, well, I don't like your style uh, or I don't like the experience. And then the next person would be, no, you're exactly the kind of person we're looking for. Oh, entry mm -hmm. level position. You're willing to do this. Yeah. Don't yeah. Patient. Be, be patient in a microwave society. Try to be patient. Alex. When we bring groups through the two things I always tell, you know, aspiring journalists or production people, uh, the, the first thing is about learning your craft. This is a storytelling business and there's an art to do to telling stories. It's not, you know, here's A, here's B, here's C. So you, you, I want you to learn your craft. I want you to learn the art of editing, the art of writing, the art of composing a shot, the art of design, uh, you know, the art of speaking in front of people uh, on camera. Learn the art. What's going to happen is the technology is going to change. Um, you know, you're going to learn on this program, and in 10 years, that's not going to be the program or the computer that you're using. So I always tell these kids, the challenge for you as young people is being able to learn technology, unlearn it, and then learn new technology, because that is going to affect how you do your job. Social media is a great uh, uh, example. You know, the... The social media, for, you know, uh, uh, that's out there now is, you know, there's constantly new forms of social media coming out. You know, you might be good at this social media now, but you're going to have to learn whatever this new medium is. It, and it's going to change. So you've got to be able to know the basics of your, of your craft and then just constantly reapply those to new technology. And then the other thing I always tell them is, what I think a lot we've all mentioned is this is a business of collaboration and it's creative collaboration, it's relationships and that, uh, and that that's a huge thing and, and, and be a good collaborator, be a good teammate, learn to do that uh, and form those relationships. You know, no one gets to where we've gotten by ourselves. We've got family and a lot of friends. Every one of you has helped me get to where I'm at. And um, 
you know, you guys are all great collaborators and that some people aren't some people yet. Sometimes you have to learn it, but being a great collaborator and being someone who's open to ideas from other people and working with other people is huge in this business. Anne was talking about how the great ideas come from everywhere. And the story that I always use is we were in the control room one night and we were all drumming up uh, ideas to try and come up with something for the end of the show for the Nito stat. And, uh, we were all just hitting a wall. Uh, it was late. We had been a hard week. We, nobody was coming up with an idea. And all of a sudden, we heard somebody from the back of the room say, hey, you guys ought to do this. And it was one of the engineers. He was working on a computer monitor. And he just happened to overhear the conversation and damned if it wasn't a really good idea. And TK said, that's it. That's what we're going with. He, it didn't matter where the idea came from. It was a good idea. That's being a good collaborator. That's being a good leader. That's being a good teammate. And to me, that's the most important thing about this job. Guys, this is, um, man, this has been a blast for me. I hope you, I hope you've enjoyed it too. I hope, and, and I hope that the students who are watching this have, um, have gotten some real gems. I would, I would recommend that if you were just watching this, watch it again with a pen and a, and a piece of paper in your hand and just jot them down. Everybody on this panel right here has had some, just some wisdom that is invaluable that you will look back one day and say, I remember when I jotted that down. I remember when I watched those guys talking about jobs in this profession. So I would encourage you to do that. I, I cannot wait until all of us are together again, um, off of a screen like this and, and together in Studio J. Um, I know we all feel very fortunate to, to be doing this um, for a living and to, and to be teammates. Um, so thanks for your time. I love you all. Thank you, Ernie. You love soon. you back. Thank See you, you soon. Ernie. Thanks, thanks you guys. Stay See safe, guys. Y'all soon. All right, guys. Be safe, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of VJ's Game Plan. For more information on today's guest and breaking into the sports media industry, go to our website, www.ejsgameplan.com. Tune in every week to hear from more guests on their experience in the media industry. EJ's Game Plan is brought to you by Ernie Johnson Jr., the University of Georgia's new media institute, and Grady Sports.